Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. I'm Richard Dunham. I'm Chieko Dunham. I'm Cheryl Hines. Ghibli Minute is the podcast where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute is another way to say that. Today we're talking about Minute 29 of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Minute 29 begins with the Uchiyabu flying past the Ohm in the distance, and then it ends with villagers carrying flamethrowers into their fields. Yeah. So Nausicaa very kindly reminds us what this thing is called. It's an ohm. She says, oh, ohm, an ohm. Her mouth doesn't move, so I'm assuming that... Yeah, it does. Look at that. Oh, does it? It's moving. Mm-hmm. It's moving. Oh, yeah. I guess I missed that. Maybe she's, t- uh, at this point, she has a sidekick. She's telling... She's telling... Teto what it is. Yeah, Maybe Teto hasn't seen one before. Maybe. So, yeah, so here's the ohm. What do we want to say about the ohm? So we had a discussion about uh, molting before. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe Cheryl, you, you listen to. Maybe you can correct us on our speculations. Well, the, the molting is actually pretty traumatic for an insect when it molts because okay. it sheds its entire exoskeleton. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for insects, the front third and the last third of the digestive tract are lined with exoskeleton, and the entire respiratory system is lined in exoskeleton. So that basically means it has to not just get its outside shell uh-huh. out, but also the linings of its respiratory, so the if basic they, respiratory so tract and the front and back ends of its digestive tract. So if that's what happened with this ohm, if we went into the ohm, like underneath the ohm shell, we would see kind of more intricate structures that would be the linings of yeah. its respiratory and digestive systems. Yeah. So this would be kind of like pulling yeah, something from things, your lungs out. And like, you know, on caterpillars, which i reared more caterpillars than other kinds of bugs it's actually kind of behind the neck where it splits oh okay Mm. it splits open and then the new one comes out and same thing with uh, the pupa from a caterpillar to when the butterfly comes out it usually splits open on the back okay and the wings Mm. will expand out so it would make sense that it would be in a bad mood well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. After. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's, it's traumatic when you're pulling <laughs> yeah. all those things out. So how um, long would and, it take? And when they first come out, then you have a, a larger skeleton that's been inside a smaller one. So it's going to be compressed and, and squished. And therefore, it's even if it's a hard shell, it has to be soft to start with because they have to first expand, yeah. shed the old skin, expand into the new skin, and then let it harden. So it, it's a it has to be a stressful time for them and and a sensitive time because that would be that's a time when they're susceptible to you know they don't have that hard protective skeleton at this point yeah so even if a guy this big ran across something as small as a little fox squirrel (laughs) it might be upset it might be set him off yeah 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 so how long would it take for it to like shed its shell the the shedding is minutes mm. and then perhaps up to an hour for it to be really fully hardened again for just like kind of a, across the across species i think so okay mm. i mean you can i'm sure you can find youtube videos of oh. caterpillars and oh, butterflies yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but uh yeah i mean i've i've seen butterflies emerging from pupae and caterpillars molting and it it doesn't take that long and it's hard to it's hard to predict. The caterpillars will actually get into a particular stance, but then they'll stay there for a day before they molt. So oh, you can't just, just oh. you can't just watch them and yeah. pay attention for twenty four hours. Hmm. Any other questions on the no? No. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about the home? 
Yeah, so it turns away, and we get this. We had the we had that kind of deep flute music that we just heard, yeah. and then the sound effect as it turns away and moves away. Again, it's it's like uh, creaking. Yeah, it sounds crumbling. very destructive. It does sound like it sounds like something, a large object moving through a distant forest. Yeah, <laughs> and knocking trees down. Yeah. Though there are no trees visible at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So we think that's just the sound that it its legs make underneath it. It like cracks after it like stays uh, still for like an hour or something. Right. Creaky joints. Yeah. We're we're getting older. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Uh, susceptible to some of that. Yeah. And then we cut to large military-looking uh, airships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Three, it turns out to be four, uh, four large ships and one smaller ship. The large ships are each have fixed wing, one set of wings. The smaller yeah. ship is also a fixed wing, but it's got two sets of wings. And again, the lack of radio, they're communicating between ships using kind of a Morse mm-hmm. code type yeah. light flashes. These actually look... That looks Tolmecian, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Just like with the four wings. So yeah. these the, the the smaller ship you can actually see stuff that this is the first time we well aside from Mauve the glider mm-hmm. we see stuff that might be kind of exhaust ports mm-hmm. so we see stuff that might look like an engine and the sound that we hear is it's a propeller sound but yeah but there's no obvious there's no obvious propeller yeah and it is effective that the the tone is a little bit higher. Uh, when we're looking at the smaller ship, and then it deepens, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a different tone when we look at the the large ships. And I'd say it looks a bit threatening. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the view we're getting of these. Yeah, let's see. I mean, you can see kind of gun emplacements everywhere, but there are like small kind of structures at the front of the ships. Yeah, we can see kind of the small. I mean, they look kind of like antenna, but they're not using those to communicate. So I wonder if those are. Are they weapons? I was thinking that maybe they're sensors. They're kind of just, you know, Mm. reading the temperature, the climate, or maybe miasma detectors, something like that. Yeah. So how do, can can you use like a Morse code with Japanese to communicate? We see that in uh, Ponyo. Ponyo, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The main character's father works on a ship, a cargo ship, I think, and they Mm -hmm. communicate with lights. And then his wife comes up and calls him stupid over and over again using it because he's yeah. gone. He's been gone for a month and he called her and is like, I'm not going to be back for another. Yeah. So the, I don't know if they. Uh, but, but with when you're communicating with characters yeah. and have thousands of characters. Yeah, it's a little It's hard. not the same as having an alphabet with 26 letters that you can yeah. convert into dots and dashes. Yeah. I assume that I'm not sure that she was. Was she spelling it out in, like, Roman characters? I think... I think she was. I think they were using the alphabet. Yeah. Okay. So, I think alphabet. Alphabet. So, so they would B-A-K-A. be using... B-A-K-A. Yeah. B-A-K-A-B-A. Baka! Which means stupid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. Baka, baka, baka. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, been, I've been learning Chinese, and mm. so you, you learn that some of the assumptions when you grow up learning English... Yeah. ...don't work. Yeah. Like, how would you make a, a typewriter? For it's Chinese. rough, right? Yeah, yeah. It's rough. <laughs> How would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh... A shift, one shift key is not enough. Yeah. yeah. That's why we have Romaji when we type. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen some of the old type. Have you ever seen like a kanji typewriter? Ooh. 
There's one in. Um, Wait, what? There, there was a talk yeah. this fall that talked about yeah. Chinese typewriters, but I wasn't able to make yeah, it to they, that. They happen, yeah. But there was a, someone visiting who gave a couple talks at some of the schools in the city. Mm. For since it's a movie podcast for movie fans, if, if anybody's ever seen the Pillow Book, oh, which is a what is that guy's name? I forget the director's name. He did uh, Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. He did uh, a really weird version of The Tempest. Peter Greenaway is the director. So he, uh, one of his films, The Pillow Book, with uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor has a uh, full frontal nudity scene in that one, just for the fans there. But uh, yeah, he's... uh, He's dating this uh, Japanese woman who's lives in Hong Kong for a while. But they show mm-hmm. there's one scene where she is using a kanji typewriter. It's pretty weird. Yeah, interesting. They exist, but yeah, once the word processors started to uh, come on the market in the 80s, mm-hmm. it really changed everything. So right. now you yeah. can type in, you could use a QWERTY keyboard, yeah, and it would kind of present you with options as that as it does today. I imagine, do they use like pinyin or anything mm-hmm. for yeah. the Chinese? Yeah, so you can either, yeah. you can enter pinyin using the keyboard or you can write the character. Yeah, mm. they do. Or you can look up by radical. By radical, yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Okay, anything else on these these planes? I guess, what, do you think this guy is a scout ship? What do you think they're saying to each other uh, in code? I mean... Baka? <laughs> <laughs> They did have, Tolmikia had Princess Lestel in their hands, and that ship crashed. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're kind of transmitting that news, maybe. So it's probably the way that the uh, home knew that the Ushiabu was missing, right? Somebody <laughs> yeah. failed to check in. Yeah. Right? Because they don't have, uh, I don't know if, again, we haven't seen anybody use a radio, so I don't know what kind of distress call the other ship would have been able to make to yeah. any other ship. Mm-hmm. So their awareness of whatever operation that ship was involved in is probably limited. Yeah, yeah. maybe that ship was supposed was due to a place, right? Like the next day, and it didn't right. show up. So At they dawn, just, maybe. Yeah, maybe, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they noticed it was gone, and they assumed the worst. So it's interesting that there don't seem to be windows on the front. Uh, well, this looks like a big window, yeah, right? Yeah, it looks like well, a big... it looks like an opening. Oh, you think that's an opening? You don't think that's glass or it's got kind of like a sheen there yeah. stripes of kind of reflection we can kind of oh, see I thought we were seeing through the, background. the cloud oh i don't think so no i think that's a reflection okay like a glare on yeah. the window okay and these guys have okay this... those seem to there's some glare on the front yeah yeah in some places it just it looked was looking too clear oh, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah so i wasn't seeing it as Class. Didn't use the the change in color that you're used to seeing in a Miyazaki movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These I think these actually these huge these big kind of ships here. They look. I think they're probably smaller than the ship that crashed. Yeah. Because there's not as many windows. No. I don't know if the ship that crashed was more of a civilian ship because it had so many windows, or yeah, it was it just was, like more of a transport. I was thinking it was like a, a passenger ship. These are like, these look like kind of a cross between like the, the B-29 Flying Fortress bombers and kind of the uh, the cargo ships. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking there's actually some some correlation between the shape of the flying insect and the shape of these. Yeah, we've been thinking that for a while. Because uh, the front has a similar shape. It doesn't oh, have yeah. the mouth. 
Yeah, but it does have... But especially in this view. It does kind of look like the... And you've got kind of the the way the wings rise up out of the the back. Because we've found that... So if this is the head and there's some of the eyes and there's the front of the wing. Oh, yeah. Even the the front contour of the wing is Mm -hmm. a little similar. Yeah. Yeah. They use the om eye shells after the om has molted as uh, windows for the ships. So... Yeah, and we were theorizing that maybe they use the body, the shell, uh, oh. as like bodies of some of their planes. Oh. And so maybe the, the shape of the planes may follow the contours of whatever mm-hmm. yeah. insect they took the shell from. But I'm not I'm not sure. These There's a lot of bolts. We can right. see yeah. a lot of bolts. There's a lot this. of bolts right. on this. So maybe this so is... I'm, I'm not sure that... I don't think it could be an insect shell, but yeah. it seems like they were looking at it when they designed it. Yeah. yeah. Anything else on these? And then we cut to the uh, the force, and for once, all of the windmills are turning the same way. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> the world finally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, winds whip around in narrow. That's what we. That's what uh, <laughs> yeah, that's... our previous guest convinced us that yeah, that this is the valley of the wind, and you may have the wind going in different directions, even a couple at the same feet time. Away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I had. You guys have anything else for this minute? No. Nope. All right. I'll see you next time on the Ghibli Minute.